Hey everyone, it's been said that every quilt tells a story and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Thanks to Tammy Bennett for reaching out to one of her quilting friends who then agreed to be interviewed. Joanne Walkowitz grew up on the prairie of North Dakota and after living several other places has returned to the farm that she grew up on. I enjoyed talking about quilts with the only Polish-Norwegian in North Dakota. Thanks for being on. You have such an interesting name. Can you tell me about it? My maiden name was Solberg, which is a common Scandinavian name. Well, not too common, but uh, my first name is Joan, and I suspect my mother had intended it to be Joan, but my grandfathers came to visit, and they looked at me, I guess, and uh, said, Joan, which is uh, very Scandinavian. My grandparents were all Norwegian. So it's been Joan. I spell it J-O-A-N, but I put two dots above the A. Wokowitz was my married name, and that actually, if you don't pronounce it the Polish way, you can almost write it because it uh, doesn't have the double vowels that some of the Polish names do. Wokowitz. My father-in-law told me if it was in, in Polish, it would be Wokowicz. Huh. The W's are pronounced Z in, in uh, Polish. But then I told people I'm the only Polish and Norwegian in North Dakota, so. You <laughs> were the likely. <laughs> I said I, I wore that name, the um, woke was for 30 years. I'm not going to change back again. It's too big a hassle. Yeah. Uh, my grandfathers were both homesteaders. And that was, uh, one came in 1898, one came in 1900. And then it was just prairie. Yeah. I grew up in North Dakota on the farm that we're living on now and became a teacher. Uh-huh. And I taught in two different country schools at first. I don't know if you know about the rural schools or what they're like, but um, it's a one-room school, and you have all eight grades okay. in it. And after that, I went to Montana and taught for six years in a little town there. And I went back to college and got my degree and went to Alaska. You taught the younger grades? Is that it? I taught uh, all eight grades when I started out in the country schools uh-huh. in Montana. And when I went to Alaska, I taught first grade. Okay. They're so nice. They tell you, you're the best teacher I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> and they also ask you how old you are. Yeah. I kept telling the kids, well, on Monday I'm about 32, and I was 40 at the time. <laughs> um, and on Friday I'm 103, and that's all your fault. <laughs> and then we have to go through and explain all that. <laughs> I usually had pretty good kids. Most of them were in my class by request, and uh, if they knew that if anything went, if they did anything wrong, their parents would be on them. Mm-hmm. And that isn't common in towns anymore. No. Or any place, really. Yeah. Uh, what part of Alaska? We lived in Anchorage, and we taught there. 
my husband and I both taught there. We met okay. up there. We were all over the state because my husband was a bird watcher. They call them birders now. And so I became one along with him, and we went all over birding. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I would go back to Alaska. has changed so much since I left it. And after 27 years in Alaska, we went back to the island in Lake Curie that he grew up on, one of the Bass Islands, Putin Bay, and built a wildlife museum there using oh, um, North American specimens. None of them are protected ones. They're all huntable ones. But we've got pretty much the whole gamut of animals and ducks and geese and grouse. And then after we decided we'd run that long enough as a tourist attraction, we eventually decided we were tired out again (laughs) and uh, donated the building to the local chapter of the Wildlife Conservancy. Oh, nice. And we both left the island and... I stayed there for a while, and that's when I did most of my quilting. But okay. After we closed the museum, I would run it a little bit, but it takes time. It's a lot yeah. of work. Then I decided at that point it was time to go home, so I came back to the farm to retire to totally. Okay. So you're back where you began. I'm back where I began. Wow. Yep. Back to going up to Alaska, what called you up there? For one thing, my brother is a civil, my younger brother is a civil engineer, and he was up there. Oh, okay. And he had a job with MK. He was one of their engineers, and uh, he could go look at the schools for me and talk to the administrators. Okay. When you're going to college or when you're down here, you don't know who to talk to up there, but he could find out for me, so. And I wanted to go up there. (laughs) I've always been intrigued by Alaska, and I love it. Neat. Even the long winters? They're not that much different from North Dakota. Okay. Really. Though it it is kind of funny, because uh, the first year you're up there, and I went through it too, you wake up and it's bright sunshine, and you leap out of bed and you say, I'm going to be late to school. (laughs) <laughs> and you look at your watch, and and it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. I've taken uh, daylight uh, exposure pictures at midnight in June up there, and they came out beautifully. Wow. When I went up there in 1965 to teach, Anchorage had only about 30,000 people. Now it has about 350,000. Wow. It, it's a very young town. It was only incorporated in 1920. And where where I used to pick blueberries, and we lived off the land a lot, and where I used to pick blueberries is now Sears Mall. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get to talking about your quilting, are there any other hobbies that you have done over the years? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, for one thing, I've always sewed, I've, I've always made my own clothes. And uh, until now, now I wear, just wear jeans and T-shirts, basically. Mm-hmm. I'm 87, so I figured I could get away with it now. <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I'm a gardener. Mm-hmm. Have been always. My mother was a very good gardener. And I do puzzles a lot. I uh, do musical things a lot. 
I used to play in the band in college and high school. What instrument? Clarinet. Okay. But I uh, haven't done that for a long time, but we do keep a piano here and my mother's old piano. She was a piano teacher, and I play every once in a while. Nice. And I like being lazy after 30-some years of te- 35, I think, 35 years of teaching. It's fun to not have, be on a committee or have to be responsible for it. <laughs> you can just do what you want. I try to. I don't feel that I have any obligation to anybody else anymore, except Great. my brother, maybe. Uh-huh. We own the farm together. He lost a leg, so he's um, he stays up in an apartment in a town by the hospital where he can get the therapy. Uh-huh. And he comes home on weekends, drives himself. Yeah. But we do keep very close touch because it's our older brother's gone now, so... Yeah. Who introduced you to quilting? Okay. I started quilting after I retired from teaching. Okay. And my husband was on a long birding trip in someplace in the lower 48. And that's an Alaskan phrase. Okay. When you talk about the rest of the United States, you say, I'm going outside this summer. That means you're going down to the lower 48, which is what huh. they call it. It's a different lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> just like living on an island like we did for about 14 years is a different lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. And living on the prairie, it's it's back again. So, so all the quilting. I started with the two um, twin-size quilts, matching ones. My father-in-law had uh, asked me to make them because he had twin beds in his bedroom. My mother-in-law was gone by that time. I made those two, and then after I went down to... Putin Bay, I started working on quilts more often, and pretty soon after we retired from running the museum, I made quite a few. I spent all my time for a while doing that. Yeah. I haven't done any for a while. I've got one in the process now. So I uh, piece them, not just patchwork, but I look at different patterns and see what I like and I try one square, and if, if I like it, then I'll make the whole quilt. If I don't like it, I won't. Do you usually use one walk pattern for the whole quilt, or do you do, like, two and alternate? Or Sometimes uh, I start with a, looking at a pattern and, and, and uh, evolving it myself. Okay. One of the, my favorite ones is I found some material that had lilacs all over it, and I thought this would be marvelous for the back of a quilt. So I designed the front to go with the back. <laughs> and I used the hexagons totally. Uh-huh. The thing is, I don't quilt. I make quilts, but I tie them. Okay. And I, yeah. I've had people jump on me all over the place in Ohio because I didn't quilt them. <laughs> and I said, quilt, when you quilt a quilt, my feeling is it's a piece of art and it should be on a wall. My okay. quilts are made to sleep under, uh-huh. and they're puffier and they're warmer. Yeah, because you can use the thicker bat for them. So I tie all my quilts, and I like color. I don't like the off shades. The one <laughs> quilt I designed that myself, you know, the shape of a Japanese lantern, kind of. Yeah. Okay, I made 
the squares was that in of the various, and they called it uh, jewels because it looked like a, that size, kind of a cut of a diamond or a sapphire, yeah. and so I had those colors with green and gold around them. Wow. It's a beautiful quilt, and I'm sleeping under it right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I slowed down when I came back here because there was so much to do, but to fix up the house and and everything. Yeah. The housework. housework. Really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm thinking. Just, and yard work. <laughs> yeah. It, it does take a lot of time. It does. Do you have a favorite tool that you use in your quilting? No, I piece them. And I sew the sashing on with the sewing machine, but I, when I piece, I usually do that by hand. Okay. Because you can hit the the corners and the triangles better. But otherwise, when I get it all put together, I cut the back to fit and layer them with the, the two front and back and then pin everything and start tying. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite part of that process, or do you just like it all? I like it all. I like it all. Otherwise, it gets boring if you do one part more. The hardest part is deciding what to do. Uh, The one I'm working on now is for my cousin. Uh, When my dad died, I took his neckties, Uh and I used them to make a quilt. I sewed them to the the main quilt piece, and cut them so they would fan out from the center, uh-huh. the ties. And then I used the narrower part of the ties as a border and sewed them down, and then I did the rest of it sewing it together with the sewing machine. Mm-hmm. And that turned out really well. This was the third one I'm making, but I no more relatives sending me ties. <laughs> Now, that gets boring if you do make a quilt more than once. (laughs) Did you enjoy remembering when those ties had been worn? Oh, yeah. That's the whole thing. I I can point it to one, and 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 I say my dad got that for Christmas, and he'd wear it once a year and then hide it the rest of the time. Yeah. That kind of thing. I've made about 30 of them. I've given away 16, I think. Wow. And I have 14 left. (laughs) And then I'm not giving those away. Yeah. I have a queen-size bed, and most of these, all but four, are queen-size. There's one that's a little narrower for one of those wide twin beds, and then there's uh, three or four double bed sizes. But since I had a queen-size bed, most of them turned out to be that size. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but they did. Yeah. Well, you always want to use the next one, right? Yeah. Now, three of them, I think, have been made by request to mm-hmm. to copy something that they had seen. And that wasn't as much fun as deciding on my own designs. In Ohio, when I lived there... When from from the island, it's about an hour's drive. There's a off in the mainland. There's a um, fabric shop called the Dormouse, and I went there a lot for material. And they had really good material, and I've still got boxes and boxes and boxes of it. So <laughs> I have quite a stash. <laughs> yeah. 
go down into Amish country, southeast Ohio. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a couple of the stores down in the little towns. I forget which one it was in. I found some really nice materials, too. Yeah, they have some good places Here there. Here's the Kidron because we were down there in, the, in that big hardware store. Mm-hmm. Lehman's. Yeah, I've heard of Lehman's. What was your worst quilting experience? <laughs> the first one I made. I'd done enough sewing that, you know, that that wasn't a problem, but I just didn't like the looks of it when it was done. It was fairly close to the log cabin design. Okay. And it just didn't turn out the way I liked. Mm-hmm. And it annoyed me no end. <laughs> But after that, I discovered that if I, I made a, a part of it first or pa- patch, you know, one one square or whatever and see if I liked it or not, if I wanted to put in the work on it. Yeah. And after that, one was called Flying Swallows and one was called Bear Claws and Grandma's Fan, Grandmother's Fan. And that's where I found learned to um, go in circles. With yeah. the sewing machine. The one I'm sleeping under now, one of my favorites, it's um, my version of the Bethlehem Star. Okay. Which is a pretty famous uh, old design. Mm-hmm. And the one with the lilacs, so since I designed that myself, and the jewels, I designed that myself. Yeah. And sometimes I just do it for the fun of it. Some of them... Uh, the designs I've looked at and, and maybe once or twice tried, they look good on paper, but when you do them in, in materials, they don't look as good. Yeah. So I just, just drop that. And yeah. Was there a color that you you like to use? Purple is one of my favorite colors. It's, there's quite a bit of it in my quilts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I use a, a lot of, especially in the fashions in between, I use a lot of dark green, the oh, emerald okay. dark green, forest green. And you can get pretty forest greens and you can get ugly ones. So I've, whenever I see one that I think has really got that look, I pick it up. Uh-huh. A friend of mine in Potent Bay said um, she went along with me shopping for material and she said that um, she had read someplace that if you're interested in a print or design or whatever in a fabric, get a, a yard or so. If you yeah. really like it, get two yards. If you can't live without it, get three. I just double <laughs> that. If I like it, I get about four. And if I really like it, I get enough for a quilt back. Wow. Because I won't be able to find it again, probably. So That's a great tip, and I'm not even to that question yet. <laughs> Some pieces I just fall in love with, and I say, "Okay, I'll have six yards of that." Yeah, like that—the one I told you about the lilacs. Mm-hmm. I have a penchant for lilacs, and and just when I saw that material, I got eight yards of it, and I've used them all. Wow! And it was well worth it. Uh huh. <laughs> well worth it. So. Why do you make quilts? Because I like sewing. So I started out because my father-in-law wanted a quilt. And mm-hmm. I've discovered that I liked doing it. 
was creative and and I had the skills sewing skills to do it so I decided that that, that would be fun to do and I started buying material <laughs> <laughs> um, and then who do you make them for oh my ex-husband has two of them and uh, a neighbor of ours on the island had two somebody else requested one I've had aunts request them Mostly, I make them for myself, and I give them away if if it's been decided on ahead of time. Mm-hmm. It depends on how much I like it. If yeah. I like it really, really well, I'll keep it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I have made for other people by request, and uh, I've given some away. When I put that much work into it, and, and mine take a long time because it's, sometimes you get little, really little pieces and you have to work on it. Especially the one I call my Christmas one. It's got red stars all over it and different kinds of red. That one took forever. Wow. But uh, I use it a, a lot. So The piecing is the skill-taking part. Yeah. The rest, anybody could do if they knew how to run a sewing machine, but... <laughs> Especially if you're doing that by hand. Yes. And I have done the piecing by hand. I got some um, templates for the lilac quilt. The hexagons are, I think, inch and a half across. And each one uh, will have a white in the center and a deep purple for the next ring. And then lavender for the next ring wow and then around it there will be a a ring of green and then that ring of green will fasten to another ring of lilacs and so forth and it turned out really nice but if i hadn't had those templates to to cut the (laughs) the hexagons with i'd have been dead (laughs) (laughs) it took a long time i like that purple lavender and and green together. It's uh, one of the richest combinations I can think of. Uh-huh. Just just gorgeous. Of course, I'm a purple person, so. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any other tips you would like to share with me? Tips. I don't think that you can really help someone else. Uh, cutting, I don't cut with, uh, I never have used the, the little uh, rotaries. Uh-huh. And I never cut a whole bunch at a time, you know, several thicknesses at a time. Because they seem to pull out and, and they, all, they all come out different. Yeah. I tried it once. Yeah. So I just cut no more than two layers with a scissor. Wow. That that's really would take a sure lot of time. That's I check their check their uh, outlines as I do it uh-huh. so that I'm sure that they're all the same. One problem that uh, I have seen people run into is that, especially when they cut with a rotary cutter, the materials might pull a little bit toward the end and they get to be uneven, but they don't know that they're uneven and they try to put the quilt together. Yeah. And they don't match. Yeah. So I just did it the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used the rotary cutter. Yeah. 
I only took one class. I just haven't had time to take any more. But in that, they were always having us, when we cut strips, we'd have to line that up on the fold. But every couple cuts, they were having us realign that because of what you said, because if you just keep going, it can get off. It does get off. <laughs> yeah. But I haven't taken any classes. Yeah. Well, for one thing, when I started, there weren't any around in Anchorage. Yeah. I had the time, so. And the sewing machine I have is the one I got for, my father gave me for graduation in 1950. Wow. It's still going. really neat. Yeah. What brand is it? Montgomery Ward. Oh, neat. Made in America, not in China. Uh Uh-huh. Eventually, I'll have to get another one because you can't get parts for these anymore, but... So far, it's it's held out. Yeah. I figure maybe I live as long as I do, so <laughs> I'm hoping. <laughs> I have cousins that quilt a lot, but they make just patchwork quilts, and they make hundreds of them. They give them to the police departments and to the hospitals and to the ambulances. and Yeah. And they make them for that purpose. Uh-huh. And every summer in July, I don't know about this year with pandemic, yeah. but... Uh, July, they come up here and we work on quilts and visit for an, a week and then they go back to Fargo. <laughs> How neat. So you have your own quilt retreat right there at the farm. Yeah, we do. Fun. And my How- my niece, Peter, my brother's daughter now is, lives in Seattle. She's gotten hooked on them. She likes to make the artistic ones with pictures and and all kinds of stuff, applique on. Uh-huh. There's so many different ways to do quilts. And that's part of the joy of it. Uh Uh-huh. Is that you can take off in any direction, and uh, as long as you're satisfied with the product, it makes you feel good inside. Yeah. And that's what I tell people. I do it because I like to feel good inside. Yeah. And I was telling my husband, I, I see different quilts, and I... I appreciate them. I think they look really nice, but it it would not necessarily be something I would make. That's exactly the way I feel. <laughs> uh, quite often, it bothers me sometimes is the colors that uh, people choose for their quilts are such odd colors. Hmm. I mean, they're kind of muddy browns and and greens and and blues and stuff, and they're not the the pretty colors. Mm-hmm. I've had arguments when I was down at the Dormouse shopping for material. There was a woman coming in. She had a picture of a quilt that had been made, and she wanted to make one like it. She was trying to match the colors, and I said, well, wouldn't that be prettier with a, oh, the yellow instead of that dull whatever it is? <laughs> she got so mad. Oh. <laughs> so we had this argument about why do you have to find the same colors? Can't you make the same quilt with different colors? And I like the clear colors. I don't like the muddy ones. and That's what I huh. choose. Yeah. She, she was not happy. I think the owner of the store thought it was pretty funny. But <laughs> <laughs> she was just standing there listening to us. <laughs> yeah, different people have different choices. Well, they do. 
that that's what makes us all individual and it makes it good. It makes it good. But I do the quilts because I really like them and really yeah. like the the product. So I know that the people I've given them to have appreciated them. There's a couple I wish I hadn't given away, but <laughs> I'm not going to do it again. Yeah. It's been fun visiting with you. I, I really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode of A Quilter's Life. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Thanks for listening. Thank you.